I'm learning about Australia right now. Hold on. All right, I'm, I'm good. Let's go. Okay, let's get started. Um, so um, this is another uh, indie special episode, and this time we have Josh Holtz uh, joining us for the episode. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and we're just gonna um, obviously, as always, start with our rapid round questions. But um, just a quick intro to Josh as well. He's working on a lot of projects um, <laughs> that we have. So I think we have a lot to talk about today. I'm super excited about that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think think we will talk a bit about. Didn't mention them. some of those projects. Yeah, so some of the projects. I think I mentioned earlier in a couple, a few shows ago. Um, in the Dev Monday is a newsletter that Josh is writing, mm. um, which is awesome, where he highlights different indie developers. Um, and another one is Fastlane. I think that's what you spend most of your time. That's my full time job. Correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have a lot of free time apps. I think you even started a new one earlier this week right with with oh that was thursday night wednesday night yeah (laughs) yeah i got i got side quested on something and (laughs) yes i think made a new made a new app i have i have issues (laughs) (laughs) but i think um one that you've been working on a little bit longer is both um grandpa grandpa kenny's fishing adventure which is a game Um, yes and then there's uh y'all tripping uh which is a trip uh, packing app. I, I love. I love the name of your of all your projects. Uh, and then the last one that I know of that you're working on at the moment is another RSS, which is a yes, RSS that's the, reader. That's that's my uh, most. Or, uh, I don't know how to phrase it. My side project I'm focusing on the most <laughs> right now is probably that one. <laughs> all right. No, it's awesome. Uh, I've been on the test flight for for a bit as well, and it's it's great to see. Oh, very how cool. You're working on it. Yeah. Uh, I love the icon. Uh, uh, the the app icon you settled on. Oh my god, there was so much frustration, <laughs> so much. <laughs> I, I, uh, I am not good at sketch or any sort of design, so mm-hmm. I started doing hand drawings in Procreate, mm-hmm. and I can tweet some of my original designs that <laughs> I hand drew, but they're they're hideous. <laughs> uh, one looks like a monkey floating on its back, <laughs> like it's not even close to an otter. It's <laughs> it's it's bad. Like I was. I was done, uh, and then the next morning I woke up and I had this inspiration to like make it like like a, a full screen otter face, mm-hmm. and then I had some help from like five people and we were doing a screen share to help create it. So <laughs> it's not just me, yeah. um, but I'm happy with the results. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean also if you look at kind of the first ones and you look at this one, it, it looks like it went through quite a lot of iterations. <laughs> I think that's good. I think I have the problem of sometimes thinking that my initial idea is really good and then i just keep on working on the one thing for a long time and then i realize oh this is actually not at all what i should be doing and then i, I kind of wish i had later. that problem <laughs> <laughs> i'm like like everything is just bad all the time <laughs> i don't know why i think that way but i think that's a good sign if if you do something like if if you're not super into like you you don't have all the design skills but you do something and you see it's not good mm, yeah. that means you at least have taste you know, that's that's a really good starting point, I think. If you look at something, it looks hideous, and you're like, perfect. That That's more concerning to me than, than we look at it, and you're like, I, I need some help here. <laughs> I don't know if I have taste. I just I just don't know what's good. <laughs> I think I think that's my issue. I just know it's bad. Do, do you feel like you know what's good when you see it, though? I know when other people do good things. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know when yeah, I do yeah. good things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I struggle with doing design too, as I've spoken about on this show before. And um, 
I'll, I'll criticize and, and compliment other people's designs as I see fit, but my own, it's just, it, it's all garbage. And I think that's, yeah. I think I you think all give yourself too little credit. Yeah. That's a really good starting point, I think. Yeah, uh, I think the fact that you can see problems in the first place is, yeah. I mean, that's how you found solutions, right? Mm-hmm. You have to see, see what's wrong with something. So. Such an engineer. Icon design is really hard too. Like, you wanted to, like, I create the designs like huge, like 4,000. Mm-hmm. ish big or whatever and then like i shrink it and i'm like i don't even know what's going on anymore <laughs> <laughs> like i can't i can't draw it small because that's not how things work yeah. but <laughs> it ends up going really small so that's i think that's where i struggle the most yeah yeah, well, yeah. hard to design an icon that looks good at that like massive size as well as yep. like when it appears in a tiny search result somewhere on your phone exactly yeah yeah yeah, I don't know. I don't know how good we are at that. But what Marlon and I usually do with all of our design work, whenever we can, is make it a competition. So we use Figma and kind of have two lanes, like two lanes, one one's Marlon's lane and one's my lane, and we're trying to iterate and steal from each other as we're we're designing. Oh, to, that's cool. And kind of try to compete to have something that looks nice. And then it's like, yeah. oh, Marlon made this really nice rock, and I copied that one across, but changed the gradient in the background. And Marlon likes the gradient and adds some kind of nice twist to it. Marlon's is usually the one that wins, but it, it's. <laughs> <laughs> a way of getting us really quickly towards a point where we're like, all right, there, there's something good enough to steal, and that idea inspires mm-hmm. me to do the next step. And I think that works. At least, I don't know, uh, other people can judge how, how good our design work is. But for me, that process is, is very nice because it doesn't feel like, oh, I made something and I don't know what's wrong because the other person, yeah. without having to to mm. kind of verbalize the feedback they just steal things that are good and they remove the stuff that isn't good but it doesn't feel like oh someone's criticizing or trying to articulate what even isn't is right and isn't right they just try something themselves with some of your components and that works really well for for us yeah and you mm. usually end up with a really nice outcome so it seems to be working well for <laughs> you Thanks. Yeah. i was not fishing for compliments <laughs> but, but it's true well there you um, go okay yeah. it is true even, even yeah. looking and, at the like orbit ios icon which is similar but you know you can tell the subtle differences between mm. that and the mac os one i think mm. that's turned out really nicely and sort of like is specific for the platform i don't know if i've seen the ios one yet I've yeah. seen the we can send you a test flight yeah yeah Mm. Yeah, but it's, like it's, 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 also, yeah, it's similar with a diff, like a, ba- a gradient background, but you mm. know it still looks iOSy. So, it's but good. we were we were kind of happy with our Orbit logo when we ended up, and then Apple's uh, like, you know what? First time in like twenty years, we changed the shape of. We're like, oh man, <laughs> now we're going with with rounded rectangles on macOS. Mm. Now we have this They're nice all look the same. <laughs> did I, did I tell you went? that I was looking at an iPad OS for? Sorry, no, sorry, a Big Sur screenshot with the dock and all the like mm. the square icons mm-hmm. and uh, this was on twitter and mm-hmm. i ignored the fact that it had a menu bar and i totally thought someone was taking a screenshot of an ipad app um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how similar it looks yeah um, i think yeah. i mean apple does like even in their own icons on Pixar, right there is a bit of a variant some of them are rounded rectangles that are fully mm-hmm. where nothing sticks out and some of them have element like even xcode right if you look at xcode and simulator now the the hammer kind of protrudes outside of the rounded rect and i think that is at least adding a little bit more more texture and a bit more variance to it and i think that's probably what we're trying to do for our big Sur icon yeah but we'll see it's definitely a bit more playful than like fitting in that bounds of the rounded rect yeah Mm. All right. Speaking of rapid rounds, oh. I don't know how we segue back into that. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, we prepared some rapid round questions. Usually uh, that's a warm up. <laughs> We're running it's out of fine. Up. It's fine. We keep people on their time. toes. Um, so I'm going to ask just a few questions. Uh, you can 
uh, yeah, we, we had weird answers to them, so you can answer them however you want. <laughs> so, uh, tea or coffee? Coffee, 100%. I have uh, an addiction, and it's real bad. <laughs> how, how, <laughs> how many coffees do you drink? What, what is... Uh, I, I think it's probably what hours of the day don't I drink coffee. Oh, okay. It's probably the best way. Um, and probably, like, after 5 p.m. Okay. It's pretty much like an all-day thing, and I need to stop. Okay. But it's just so good. <laughs> what kind of how do you make your coffee uh so i home roast um i got a a uh a roaster for christmas like two years ago as a gift and i didn't know that it was a thing that i actually wanted okay but it turns out i haven't bought coffee beans uh in in two years since then oh. um so i buy the beans green uh mm -hmm. from a place in wisconsin um mm. i usually buy like six pounds at a time right. um some beans are from india uh I get Africa all over the place. Mm. Um, and then I got some Kona beans this last time too, mm. which cool. are a little bit more expensive mm -hmm. than the <laughs> other ones, but I don't buy them too often. Mm. So I roasted some Kona coffee last night and ground it fresh this morning. So today's been like just pure happiness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Home roasting is something we didn't get into yet, yeah. but it, it, See, it seems think, really appealing. I think if we would have a big enough apartment to fit the roaster somewhere, so then we would. The roaster I have is actually a, it's a, a smokeless roaster and okay. it just, okay. it's, it's like an appliance that's like you know, a foot and foot and a half wide, foot and a half tall. Mm -hmm. okay. So like you can totally fit it anywhere. Um, mm. The model discontinued, so uh, mm. sorry yeah, to say that. that recommendation. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I'm sure you can find it somewhere, but like it's it's perfect for like inside my house, apartment, windows open, just a little mm. bit is fine. Mm. Um, I set off my smoke alarms probably <laughs> one in five times, um, but that's not too bad. Okay, but uh, you don't need a, like a giant outdoor space or anything like mm. that. Mm. How long did it take you to to dial? In? Like roasting is is kind of also quite the craft how long did it take you to actually yeah. get good coffee out of out of the roaster um so this roaster makes it really simple like i just put in the uh the raw beans mm -hmm. uh press a button it goes for like 21 minutes for a light roast uh mm -hmm. 28 minutes for dark roast okay. and then i just let it sit for like a day or two and then coffee's done right. <laughs> it's it's like it's it's stupidly simple all right i thought it was gonna be like a whole complex thing where i have to like do science and math and <laughs> easiest thing ever and and consistently you get consistently good results out of that yeah um i usually don't like to drink anything from anywhere else anymore okay because i feel spoiled that mine's the best which i mean <laughs> mine's probably not the best but like the freshness of it just mm. like mm. you can actually like tell which mm. i didn't think i'd ever be able to tell like coffee's coffee mm-mm -mm. <laughs> nope. I'm a snob now and I feel bad. <laughs> but it's also I, I think there is you it probably also tastes better because you were part of the process. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. something this inherently satisfying of Love. making something that and <laughs> that you then, you yep. know. It's like cooking yeah. cooking food. It's like sometimes it's annoying, but sometimes you also cook food and you're like, hey, I made something and it's tasting nice. <laughs> We'll go if with you that. would have ordered it, you're like, yeah, pretty bland. But if you made it yourself, you're like, man, that's a really good mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you do after it's roasted? Like, do you make espresso or pour over or what's your brewing? Um, I use AeroPress most of the time. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. um, I had a pour over. I like AeroPress better. Um, okay. And I do have an espresso machine, uh, but that requires a lot more cleanup than what mm -hmm. I usually like. Yeah. 
to mm. like work during the week. So <laughs> with your huge quantities. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it's I it, too much work. Um, but I usually make lattes like weekends, if anything. Um, mm. Honey lattes are my favorite. All right. Like it's it's like the perfect amount of sweet without having like like the. Uh, uh, non-honey lattes i guess mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know what you call it um but lattes those, those are lattes there we go those are my like go-to drink all, cool. right. all right so next question um yes what are you watching reading or playing or all oh. of them right now um well i'm reading a lot of blogs for uh <laughs> the rss app um so that's i mean i don't know if that qualifies um i play heroes of the storm uh, okay. Okay. which is a uh kind of like a dota style game mm-hmm. um okay. and blizzard is the one that creates it and they there used to be like a pretty big like esports scene behind it and then mm-hmm. they killed the esports scene like two years ago out of nowhere and the game kind of died but it's making a resurgence again okay um is that the one where they canceled the tournaments yes there was like this whole like professional league in na and eu mm-hmm. um and like it was they pr- probably went way too big um like it was it was r- like a really high quality production but okay. um for some reason wasn't bringing in the money that they wanted because wow is just insane <laughs> with like you can't compare yeah. so they killed that and the whole esports scene died and like the whole game kind of got real quiet for a while but there's a new uh community esports league starting up tomorrow so like okay. all the old professionals are kind of like coming back into it so I'm kind of jumping back onto that again. And are you playing professionally? How good are you? <laughs> uh, I am not playing professionally. Okay. No. Um, uh, it it depends. Um, I'm usually uh, okay or bad. <laughs> if I try really hard, I'm bad. If I'm just playing for fun, then I'm okay. <laughs> but I just do it more for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't play ranked games anymore because they make me angry. So I'm just a casual player these days. Okay. But do you watch like professional? Like yeah, yeah. I'll be watching them. The, the league starts up this Saturday. It goes for like th- three or four months, I think. Uh, games are on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, the matches are last probably like four, or five hours each. So it's not okay. something that like I would watch like all weekend, but kind mm-hmm. of just like have on background, watch during the week if I'm not home or something like that. Mm, cool. Awesome. So that might answer the question what you're watching already. <laughs> That's w- r- watching and playing, yes. <laughs> Efficiency, combining <laughs> those two. What's your favorite non-tech hobby? Um, so before uh, COVID hit, uh, rock climbing. Okay. Um, oh, cool. I've seen some of those videos. Climbing. Very impressive. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I picked that up probably seven years ago. I think something like mm-hmm. that. Um, do you do outdoors I'm, as well, or just I indoors? do not do outdoors. There's not really a lot of great mountains in the Midwest. <laughs> Wisconsin um, is not renowned for its mountains. <laughs> Wisconsin is better than Illinois. Okay. Um, Wisconsin has like two parks that are like okay for okay. like climbing, but uh, they're n- not easily or the. They're not close to where I live, and it's like a whole weekend thing, and I don't got time for that. Okay, um, I guess this is I the point where I have to pitch Vancouver as a possible future destination for you. Um, I'm in. <laughs> that was easy. Cool. <laughs> you convinced me. 
but there there's a climbing gym like a mile from my house uh, okay. which is super convenient mm-hmm. um but i haven't been able to go since beginning of the year because it's been closed mm. for health reasons so um woodworking is something that i also do <laughs> on the of side course. that 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 i can do at home yeah. um okay. I don't do that one consistently. Whenever I need something made, I kind of make something. So I've done like two big projects in the past cool. past two years. Um, they usually take about four months to get done. Yeah. Well, what was your most recent one? Um, <laughs> it's super nerdy. <laughs> um, so it's a it's an entertainment stand kind of thing. I got a TV mounted downstairs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we had like this this cabinet that like where we stored like alcohol and stuff on it, mm-hmm. and it, it just didn't really like fit under the tv so i want something a little more like where you can put all the tech stuff mm-hmm. um but i also wanted a second tv down there <laughs> for like watching tv playing a game watching two sports <laughs> games playing <laughs> playing two at once yeah. or something so um i ended up making a uh this like entertainment stand that has a false front on it so there's a there's like shelves in front mm-hmm. and then you can move the front the front out and there's a TV behind it. No, oh, wow. Oh, so okay. like, you don't know. And yeah. I, I can actually link this to you. Let me, let me find it. Actually, <laughs> so your living room looks like a normal person's living room until you it, open a full front, <laughs> and you're like, all right, it, it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, I didn't want to get judged by like family members <laughs> for having two TVs. <laughs> um, there it is. I don't know if you judge less if you have two TVs and you decide to hide one. I just sort of admit into your problem. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, but now I have two TVs, uh, so I can watch awesome. normal sports and esports. I can <laughs> That's really watch cool. two TV shows. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was my latest one. That one took about probably nine months to finish up. I, I, uh, I didn't expect to get stuck on a whole bunch of places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, totally over-engineered it engineered it <laughs> but i mean that's kind of on brand with with what i do so yeah. that's really cool i think it <clears throat> seems like a fun thing to do like i think many people do pick up woodworking just because it's so different like you do something with your hands versus just sitting around yeah. st- uh, like at the computer all the time i think and i don't have to maintain it mm. yeah like <laughs> nobody yes. cares about it besides yeah. me no issues or anything on it yeah yeah so Issue free, pull request free. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's also sounds fun. I think no, no, no one coming with feature requests. You're like, ah. <laughs> uh, some somebody did want me to create one for them, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. That is nine months of my life that I don't think I can commit to that. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting how many tech people do woodworking. It should be it should be one of those interviews. Who cares about linked lists? Have you done any woodworking or do you plan on doing woodworking piloting. in the future? <laughs> yep. Yep. They're like, all right, you're hired. Um All right. Let's continue. Um Oh yeah. Rapid fire questions. <laughs> <laughs> so are you using a desktop or a laptop? I see that you have a laptop in the background. So what are you using right now? Um so I haven't been home much lately, so I've been using my MacBook, which I prefer not to use. Okay. Um, my my ideal setup is my desktop with my iPad. Oh, really? I like interesting. Yes. Okay. I like I like the idea of going full iPad, and with Fastlane stuff, I mainly can because everything is like terminal based. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, I don't really need any sort of user interface except for when doing something with like taking screenshots, mm-hmm. which then I can uh, VN- VNC into my my uh, computer. That's interesting. Um, okay. So do you use your iPad with an external monitor or just as it is? Uh, I depend. Uh, well, usually just as is. Um, I don't like sitting in the same spot every day. I like to move around. Kind of keeps mm-hmm. me most productive. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some days where I like having like my desk, two monitors, my Mac right there. Um, some days I like my iPad and, but having my, my desktop as my main machine and my iPad can go into it. It's Mm -hmm. nice because it's really only one, one setup Mm -hmm. that I can Mm -hmm. kind of take wherever. Um, All right. So that's, that's my preferred option. I would love it if I could go like full iPad a hundred percent, but I don't think I can do everything I do just (laughs) on the iPad directly. Sadly. Yeah, it's interesting. So my number one takeaway so far is you like to have multiple screens in front of you. Yes. <laughs> Be it TV or iPad and desktop. <laughs> and... Yeah, I have issues. <laughs> <laughs> one screen is just too boring. For me. What do you think would need to happen to the iPad for you to be to be able to go in f- iPad only? Uh, it need to run Mac OS. Okay. That, oh, that is, okay. <laughs> that's, that's a bit of an ask. That's a challenge. Well, I mean, yeah, so... Fast lane stuff. I mean, it's it 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 pretty much needs like a Mac OS operating system. Linux also works. Um, mm-hmm. Fast lane also works on Windows, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to develop on that. <laughs> um, so Linux or Mac would would be ideal. I don't. There, there's no way that I can run. Well, um, there is a uh, an app that I installed. I think it's called Ish, or I don't know if it's called ISH. I don't know mm-hmm. how you pronounce it. Um, but it's it's like a terminal emulator kind of app that you sideload on mm-hmm. and i actually got fast lane running natively on the ipad okay. through that yeah. but it took uh like 45 seconds to print fast lane's version <laughs> so i was like it's probably not the best thing to like keep developing on that even though it was super cool and i did get it to work it's just it's just not gonna work mm. so Having my Mac uh, as like my base machine works out pretty well. Plus, uh, it's also really fast. So like I can use my iPad and like everything that I do on that gets processed on my desktop. Mm-hmm. So like my iPad is like super chill. Mm. It's it's not actually doing a lot of work for mm. me, which I'm okay with. That's cool. Mm. <laughs> well, that's okay. No, I was just thinking about it. It's actually, it's kind of nice if you work on, I mean, 45 s- seconds to print a version number isn't great. But in general, <laughs> being on a super underpowered machine to, to, to force yourself to be very efficient is kind of, it's, it's a good strategy. Uh, it should be a lot, more tech companies should adopt that because um that's exactly what my macbook is <laughs> uh that thing is not powerful and it dies after an hour yeah. so if i really want to like be productive i challenge myself <laughs> to work on that outside <laughs> nice. um all right so which apple product or framework are you most excited about uh that has been announced this year and I guess for you, we can exclude uh, include also API changes to to. Oh, it was definitely the App Store Connect API. Uh, that's like, what I thought you would say. <laughs> hands down, it's it's a very niche answer. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was also hoping for Xcode on iPad, but mm-hmm. that's more of a meme now than yeah. anything. <laughs> that's that's not going to happen. Um, I mean, it's going to happen at some point, that. right? I, <sighs> I mean, I'm 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 pretty sure Mac OS and iOS are just going to converge one of these years. <laughs> And there's going to be one. It's just going to be OS or something. I don't know. 
But I mean, and I, 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 and considering we'll Apple seems to care about the iPad, and this year was kind of down year, right? iPad kind of has alternating it. L last year was like, we called it iPadOS, and we make it a bigger thing. This year was definitely more of a down year for the iPad, which means next year might be, again, a more interesting one. And at some point, Apple scutter, considering that the thing is already called an iPad Pro, at some point, Apple probably needs to bring some kind of Pro things to the ipad themselves right because that at least pro dev tools yeah yeah but mm -hmm. any like, pro tools right and even if they're saying yeah. logic or mm -hmm. or some kind of final cut type thing it I, i feel like at some point apple's got to double down on the software department in in pro tools and if 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 they want to see that platform become more and more pro because at the moment it can be pro for for some people, mm -hmm. but why wouldn't you want to expand that? I know very little about this, but I'm going to guess that having a uh, a new ARM-based Mac is going to make that easier. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But also, I know very little about how those bits work that, <laughs> like, that down low, so. <laughs> but I, I think it's probably a user interface problem more than it is a compiling binary problem, right? Because That's probably also true. At the moment, Xcode in its current state, I mean, you, you probably know more than we do, just all the provisioning stuff, all the like managing things that are not yeah, Xcode but I think, specific, you know, you want to yeah. get to a point where like doing the full chain of building yeah. something mm -hmm. in Xcode, compiling it, testing it, compiling it, archiving it, uploading it, you want to do all the parts. I think yeah. bringing SPM into Xcode actually helped like mm -hmm. that process a lot because mm -hmm. then you don't have to do any sort of external tools like Coco Pods or Carthage. Mm. Yeah. Like I think that was like the mass laser bit. Mm. Yeah, I think we've been talking about it on the show quite a lot that potentially if Apple would bring something like a CI system in, that would mean that you could have some type of cloud build system. So mm -hmm. the iPad might not need to do all those things by itself. You might be able to just connect with That'd whatever nice the cloud too, based yeah. system is. Um but I feel like there are many pieces it's not just expand the playgrounds app it's a lot more than that like it, being able to actually ship an app from the ipad which i think is challenging but also what if you want to ship a catalyst a catalyst app from your ipad that seems a bit <laughs> like, emulate mac on the ipad now yeah. <laughs> i feel like they're making their system they're making everything more complex in order to achieve this uh, at the moment just because everything should be able to run everywhere and i think it's probably still easier to test it on the on a Mac than testing everything on an iPad, right? For sure, yeah. Might might yeah. be a while. Yeah. I don't know it if one year is seem enough. worth all the hours to go into making it work on the iPad, but <laughs> it's still what I want the most. <laughs> um all right. So last question. Um when you do um UI layouts or like um view layouts, do you prefer using storyboards or interface builder or Uh, laying everything out in code or just Swift UI all the way? Uh, so previously I would lay out everything in code with uh, UI kit and all that. But lately I've been on the Swift UI train. Um, since I don't really have anything major in production, um, mm -hmm. it seems like the perfect fun thing for me to play with. Mm -hmm. um, I love how easy it is to like do easy things. <laughs> and i love how hard it is to also do easy things <laughs> i i think that's the best part about swift ui um is that it's it's it it's kind of a surprise right now like it's you have a very positive like, attitude to it if you like challenging yourself like swift ui is the way to go like <laughs> i i uh i was showing a a sheet yesterday mm -hmm. um And for some reason, the sheet actually kept redrawing. Mm -hmm. 
for some reason, and I couldn't figure out why. Mm-hmm. And oh, it I ended up that, <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was showing the sheet using the enum method mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out I think that was actually causing the issue. All so right. okay. I ended up changing using the Boolean version mm-hmm. to sh- to show a okay. sheet, and I needed multiple sheets. So I found a Stack Overflow po- Stack Overflow post that showed that you can add a background with an empty multiple backgrounds <laughs> with multiple empty views to show the sheets. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. actually solved my modal redrawing issue, which I thought was stupid, but it totally worked, and I was fine. And I I I just continued on. Okay, like I lost so many hours to that. <laughs> but it was a fun process. Yeah, to figure that's out. always interesting with Swift UI, where you're like, "All right, all the, all, I got yeah, everything yeah. working really quickly," and then you're like, "Just got to present the sheet on this button," and you're like, six nope. hours later, middle of the night, and you're like, "How is this stupid sheet still not presenting yeah. itself properly?" And, and that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah, it was it's... weird. Like there was there was a, a a button on the sheet that would show a list when clicked, and like I would click the button, the list would show, and then mm-hmm. like two seconds later it would refresh. Mm-hmm. I'm like that makes absolutely no sense and it's because the sh- the like the, the whole the whole sheet contents from the class that I called it from mm-hmm. was redrawing everything again. Mm-hmm. So it was getting instantiated again and again and again and I'm like I don't I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and debugging that is is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then you try to put like breakpoints to check what is being called when and it's like turns out mm-hmm. everything's just always being called. Um, exactly. I was like <laughs> is it a bug with breakpoints that it's it's like it's just <laughs> yeah. hitting like every like I think mine was hitting like every second. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is insane. Yeah, and yeah. I think with the enums, one problem we had was when we didn't make them, when when they weren't, you you know how you have to make the the enum type identifiable. And if you're mm-hmm. not returning yep. the same value for the same sheet, like if you're having something that has some variance that can cause a lot of issues with it, thinking it's not the same anymore. Um, but there, I was there returning are. integers just for the identifiable number thing. So I mm-hmm. had like, f- I had like five sheets. And mm-hmm. they were just numbered one through five. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I-, I feel like an integer is unique enough <laughs> and like consistent enough for it to like not redraw. Mm. Yeah, but it turns out that that mm. wasn't the case. Mm. So I don't know what I I just gave up mm. and did the other solution because mm. I didn't I know what was going on. Yeah, yeah and but- that's that's the thing. Sometimes it's you can get like ninety percent there, and you're like, this is so smooth. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be done in an hour, and then you run into Six this hours one later. thing. Yeah, yeah. Like we had a lot of problems with like selecting items in a list and getting the correct index, especially on macOS, because we wanted to have oh, like I a that sp- was me. <laughs> <laughs> You're seeing that too? I think so. Yeah. Like, so what we have is like, you have a list on the left side and then we want, then we want to present the details about yeah. that item on the, on the right side. And at first, when you tap this, the, the item in the list, it doesn't actually reflect what index is selected. So it doesn't keep track of the index because I think it is that it detects it as a touchdown and a touch up event at the same time so it resets itself to nil as soon as you're done clicking okay. oh. and that just means that it sets it first initially <laughs> oh and then it sort of forgets it um we that was something that we had to come up with workarounds for and i think we tried a few different but i things. think that's been fixed with the new tool chains but i don't what what we ran into yesterday is also fun we had a popover on ipad but if the view that's 
um, that presents the popover as being like, for example, we had a uh, popover where you can select a whole bunch of stuff. If you deselect everything, the button title will change, which means the the the, the Vita presents a popover is redrawn. Yes, which means the popover is orphaned. It's now being presented in the, in at uh, zero zero in the top left corner, and you can no longer dismiss it because nothing holds onto it uh, as being presented anymore. So that was fun too. There are a whole bunch of mm. those kind of like it's it's yeah, it's such think, a I think, I think you're right. It is coaster. better. It is better now with the latest version of Swift UI, but. Mm-hmm. In the in the beginning, it's just like, oh, how hard can it be? We're just gonna have a list here, and we show the selected item, and then yeah, yeah six hours later. But it really is. It's it's it feels like a roller coaster because some days we're like, this is amazing. We got one wo- one week worth of UI work done in a day, and then the next yep. day we're like, all right, we got about five minutes worth done today. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 two things I'm missing right now is being able to push onto the navigation stack from like a non navigation item. Mm-hmm. So okay. like. So like you like click a button, do some work, and like mm-hmm. then go to the navigate like mm-hmm. over to the next view. I don't think you can do that right mm-hmm. now. I think you can if you have a navigation link that uh, is navigation links can have a tag in a selection or an is active flag depending on your on your setup, and that you can actually trigger that is active flag from somewhere else. So if you have, I don't know, you you want that is not straightforward. (laughs) (laughs) But if you have something where you like fetch data before you want to segue, for example, or or push something, yeah, you could do that work and then set the is active flag as soon as you actually want to do the transition, and then it goes over there. All right. So my only biggest issue then is (laughs) uh, not having pull the refresh built in. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. I I just wrote that down. That's a thing I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. (laughs) I saw you writing about it. Yeah, yeah, I just said screw it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try right now. Like, I'll. It's not worth. Well, I did try two solutions, and it just super messed up my list. And I was like, uh, uh-uh, I'm out. Next task. Uh, you. There, there are again um, a bunch of hackier options if if you're so inclined. Uh, for example, you could um, go through the table view appearance proxy and set a target for the for the uh, refresh. <laughs> Everyone's shaking you, their heads. You know that's going to break. You know. I know. I know. <laughs> but if, if you're, it's like creating tech debt. It's great. <laughs> um, or, or you could. I mean, there, there are, there are slightly less hacky ways where you're like wrapping a, uh, like a table view or or a scroll view, or you build it in SwiftUI and you just have something where you're trying to read the offset and set your own threshold and, and have your own uh, progress s- view that appears when you pass mm-hmm. the threshold and locks in there and then just that's what I'm going down right now. I think I saw something about a like a I think it's called like a reader scroll view mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Is is that what you would use? Like you use this reader scroll view to see like how far the scroll view is pull, scroll view is pulled down? Yeah. Is so that you a thing use you can do offset. with that? Yeah, you can do that. Okay. So there, there yeah, are. Yeah, I haven't wanted to play with it's, that yet. It would just be nice but, to have refresh it, action, and it just does it for you. Yeah, because what like I think that was added into like what like iOS nine. They added that by default or whatever yeah. iOS ten yeah. something, and then now it's taken away from us. Probably even earlier than that, right? That's been. I don't even remember. They just all blur together. A long time. Yeah, but I'm sure. I mean, it'll come. Swift UI is not not a completed project yet. There will be. No. Uh, plenty of new additions and we'll we'll all cheer when they add pull to refresh next year <laughs> fingers crossed oh. cool that concludes our rapid r- rapid fire round record timing right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um all right do you want to 
Should we move on to the next segue? Uh, next, next segue. Next segment. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think it would be... Uh, I, want, I, I have so many things I want to talk about. I just want to make sure that we get everything in. But maybe first... I got all uh, <laughs> first uh it would be great just to hear a bit about like what you how you get into development and also i feel like you work on a lot of different projects that have it's very like it's a lot of different technologies even if everything is sort of yeah. focused on mm-hmm. mobile development i think fastlane is a very different project compared to writing an ios app um so how did you get into like development and how did you get into like open yeah. source and fastlane so uh development in general uh my dad is actually a developer okay. um so uh when growing up i listened a lot about what he was doing at work and all that stuff but i didn't know like i wanted to do development mm-hmm. um i was more interested in like i was i liked art like mm-hmm. back when i was young so i was like oh maybe do something like this mm-hmm. um or i liked math too so i don't i didn't really know what i was doing um but my high school actually offered a programming class that i could take my sophomore year mm-hmm. um so i was like sure let's see what this is like um and it ended up being visual basic five <laughs> i think that's a fun introduction um, that was yeah that was uh that was in that like 2004 i think Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, a I, I had a semester of visual basic five and like day one, I'm like, this is it. Like I knew like, that's what I need to do. I like, it just, everything clicked. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it was like a, it was a combination of like logic and also creativity, mm-hmm. which I kind of liked both and I could combine it into one thing. So I'm like, okay, we'll do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the next semester was, uh, HTML, JavaScript, CSS, um, and then my junior year, I took a full year of Java. Uh, that would have been Java four, five. Okay. okay. I think like why does your school have so many programming classes? Uh, I have I have no idea, but I was okay with it. Um, well, that was actually <laughs> Except- it. So going into my senior year, I'm like, I don't want to be done. So I took an in hmm. independent study in Java and kind okay. of like did my own my own thing, my own project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I wanted to go into like development as a job Mm -hmm. um i specifically want to do software engineering Mm -hmm. and uh during the time in 2007 software engineering was a relatively new degree Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and there were only like 10 colleges in the u.s that had software engineering um luckily one of them was milwaukee school of engineering which was like Mm -hmm. 30 minutes from my house so (laughs) i was like that's convenient and i like milwaukee Mm -hmm. um the other one I was looking at was Rochester Institute of Technology, which would be in New York mm-hmm. area-ish, I I believe. But I was like, <laughs> I don't want to go that far. I was mm-hmm. I was young. I wanted to stay close. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did software engineering as a degree then. Um, that was mainly Java, but I was like, I want to do other other stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, my dad actually bought me a Ruby book from Barnes and Noble. Uh, I think after I graduated high school, um, and that that was probably like one of the biggest like life changing events that I can have had because Ruby is like my full time language that I do these days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I did Ruby on the side throughout school. I, I did Linux stuff. Like I, I tend to nerd out quite often. <laughs> um, so then I guess graduating college, I got a job at Rockwell Collins, which is like a airplane military contractor kind of thing. Okay. Um, 
And I, I took that job. I had to move to Iowa for that. Um, okay. I actually ended up quitting after two months. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. They, they didn't let me code. Oh, okay. At all. They were in like a four-year testing phase, and like my managers kept quitting above me. So I'm like, it was it was miserable. It was like dark times. <laughs> um, what what did they want you to do? So they the, the team I was on was the Black Hawk helicopter team, <laughs> which I'm like, that sounds dope. Um, <laughs> it turns out they were in a four-year testing phase where I had like this giant booklet of tests to run through, and I pressed buttons on monitors and like check things mm. off. Really? Um, wow. I end up I end up writing an automation tool for doing some of my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the only code that I wrote there, and I wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to write it. But I said <laughs> screw it. Um, so I I end up quitting after two months, and then coming back to Milwaukee. This would have been 2011, and mm-hmm. I was going to do freelance. Um, during that summer, well, I guess like the year or so before, I picked up Android development. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Got a MacBook, did some iOS. So I was like, I'm gonna f- I'm gonna do like freelance mobile. Um, but then three of my friends were also not liking their corporate jobs. Mm-hmm. So we decided to form a uh, uh, consulting firm. Um, I was the first one to do stuff full time because I YOLO quit my job. <laughs> um, so once I got my work full time, we kind of just like domino effect everybody on. Mm-hmm. So That's within awesome. like a year, we had four engineers, one designer. Um, mm-hmm. And now Rock and Cat is actually nine years old as of yesterday. Uh, oh, we've congrats. been around for nine years, congrats, congrats. which is, thank you, which is insane. It does not seem like it's been nine years, but it also seems like it's been a lifetime. Oh. So we do a lot of like uh, uh, backend development in mm-hmm. Elixir. It used to be Ruby, but Elixir is now our thing. Um, mm-hmm. I used to do a lot of the iOS Android development. Um, I do Fastlane stuff full time now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then we also do a lot of uh, cross-platform stuff with Ionic. All right. So are you still involved in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, it's me and two owners at the moment, and then we have a total of ten employees. Oh wow! Oh wow! Exciting. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very weird to have employees, but they're all like super cool, awesome, fun to work with, talented. Um, so it actually doesn't seem like work. It seems more like I'm hanging out with friends every day. <laughs> that's awesome. I think in general, that's, that's like a great way of working with people. I think you, you spend so much time with them, right? So oh, yeah. you, it's, yeah. it's great that you like, you see each other as friends and you, you just enjoy hanging out. I think that's mm. awesome. Um, yes, yeah, so that's my story. <laughs> that's awesome. And are you, are you working remotely then? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Sorry, I was, uh, so I, uh, uh, I moved down to Chicago from Milwaukee, uh, four, five years ago. Um, we had an office in Milwaukee. Um, most of us went to the office to work. Um, I was the first one to like go fully remote. Uh, so I've been remote for like four or five years now. Hmm. Um, but throughout those four or five years, people started to like work more remote more often, which is totally fine because whatever you're most productive in, um, and our our office lease actually ended in July of this year, which was mm-hmm. actually pretty good timing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because nobody ended up going to the office for the entire year. Mm-hmm. So no. um, we we were a non-remote company. Now we're fully remote. Okay. Uh, most of the employees are in the uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin location. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in Chicago, and then we have one employee in Michigan. All right. How do you... How did you find the transition from being forced into remote? Did it work pretty all right, considering that you already had people that were full-time remote? So we pretty much behaved as a remote company to begin with. Um, even though like people were in the office, not everybody was in the office every day. And when mm-hmm. they were in the office, like 
there wasn't much like in person talking. It was very like asynchronous base camp type of style communication. Mm-hmm. So going remote was like going fully remote was actually like not a challenge at all for us, <laughs> uh, which I think helped us through these weird times. How do how do you split your time between all of those projects? Yeah, I was curious as well. And then you also have all of your free time projects as well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so as of as of July, Fastlane became my like full full time job, which mm-hmm. is super cool. Um, so since July, I do Fastlane from like nine a.m. to like five p.m. ish mm-hmm. every day. Um, and then I do my side projects either before or after if I'm not doing anything that night. I mm-hmm. try to not like doing tech stuff at night because then my brain keeps going and I don't mm-hmm. sleep. Um, <laughs> so I am a, well, in my normal schedule, normal world, which right now we're not really in a normal <laughs> world. Um, I am a morning person. So okay. uh, I like to get up between like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. And then I'll get like two hours of side project work done. And then normal work, nine to five. And then if there's anything else I want to do, I usually do after. Um, so I try to keep my side projects out of my nine to five mm-hmm. and I've been doing that by only doing side projects on my MacBook and okay. my normal work stays on my, my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and that tends to work out pretty well because I can get distracted super easily otherwise <laughs> and mm-hmm. fast lane and iOS dev kind of blend together. So I can mm-hmm. like, I can be like, Oh, this is fast lane work. It's, it's not, sometimes it is, <laughs> sometimes it is, yeah. but, uh, mm-hmm. Having them on like two machines actually helps me kind of like uh, split concerns a bit. Mm. That's interesting. How did you get into Fastlane? Like so fast. So uh, we did a lot of iOS Android development. Um, that would have been in like the was, was like 2015 is when Fastlane first came out, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of clients that like a lot of small mobile apps. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing that like I, I had to like super like work on every day, but we were pushing out a lot of builds and I was mm-hmm. losing all of my time to building, pushing, s- distributing all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I saw Orta tweeted something about Felix mm-hmm. and then Felix tweeted something about whatever he was working on. And I'm like, huh, this looks cool. So I saw it. And I'm like, this is like the exact problem I'm having right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I used uh and at that time fastlane was actually like eight like eight eight separate tools mm-hmm. um so i was using a few of them and i found some issues in some tools so i made <laughs> pull requests into two of them felix liked uh the ones that i did and he was like hey you want to like help me and i'm like okay sure so like <laughs> i was like it's it's helping me so i don't mind um mm. oh, my dog <laughs> wants to come up oh, here, okay um so uh i ended up you're in the way here we go um i ended up uh <laughs> becoming a a fast lane core contributor in like early 2015 okay um and i've been pretty active in it since i've done uh consulting for it too so i have a lot of clients that like need automation like mm-hmm. white labeled apps that they're mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. have like mm-hmm. hundreds of in the app store and uh there was one where like even like the smallest bug fix was like taking two to three weeks to mm-hmm. like release all the apps mm-hmm. um we got down to like one one command and command line and a few hours so um good. Nice. i've been doing like consulting like that and then mm-hmm. in 2018 uh uh was working on something else in the back and uh it was f- like a ci version mm-hmm. um which ended up not going anywhere mm-hmm. um but uh during that time 
I became the lead maintainer of like the core Fastlane tool itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so doing issue management, pull requests, new features, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. So that's been my like big kind of main job since March of 2018. Hmm, that's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah. how, how, how does that pay for your living? <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, I did, I was like semi-funded from like 2018 through uh, July of this year, but like not, not able to go full time, mm-hmm. um, but ended up working out uh, legal stuff and whatnot where uh i could actually work on it full time and like or get 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 fun enough to work on it mm-hmm. full time starting july hmm. um which has been great because before then i was doing cl- like no- normal client work uh 9 to 5 and doing fast lane in the morning and evenings and weekends mm-hmm. which um i still love doing but like i wasn't able to give fast lane enough enough attention that it deserved hmm. so it's 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 been super nice having like a clear head mm-hmm. to go like full steam ahead mm-hmm. since July. Mm-hmm. So how many, how many, con- uh, it might be hard to like judge, but how many people work on, uh, on fast day now together with you? So our core team, um, I'm the only like full time core team. Um, there are other core contributors that, uh, there's probably like a good, like five, six right now that, that contribute. They all have like their special, places within it like some are docs some are in like the screenshot section um where i'm I'm, i kind of oversee all of the things Mm -hmm. um but uh majority of the pull requests actually come from like other people wanting to see like new features fixes Mm. things they find um and a lot of our contributors are actually first time contributors which is actually super cool Mm. yeah Um, so like it's it's i I tried to like uh, help help them out. Like, um, if there's like an issue in it or something like that, I kind of work work with them to kind of help help them improve mm-hmm. their Ruby process, pull request process, hmm. w- w- whatever kind of needs. Okay, that's great. So, do you I don't, do you know um, which part of Fastlane is the more used one uh by by people using fastlane because like i I think screenshots is a really cool one because especially for indie developers who have like multiple languages that they support it's just awesome to be able to kick that off and just have updated screenshots rather than outdated ones is that one of the more popular ones so i don't actually know we actually took analytics out of fastlane a few years ago (laughs) okay uh because we didn't we we don't really want to see what people are doing no i appreciate Um, that a lot of security concerns. Mm. Um, but like based upon like the issues that come in, that's kind of where we see like where, I guess where things can most go wrong, but also it's either the most like, broken kind of, or the most popular. <laughs> yes. Maybe a combination of both. Um, but I think right. Well, right now, a lot of the issues are through the API changes that have happened because mm-hmm. a lot of our modules no longer work properly. Because uh, mm-hmm. we had to migrate to new ones, so there's been mm-hmm. a lot of questions on that, which makes it makes it makes me show that like there's a lot of people actually using like our 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 API modules mm-hmm. directly, not using the mm-hmm. tools, mm-hmm. which I had no idea that like it was used that heavily, yeah. which is super mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, sc- screenshots gets used a lot, um, automated tests, and then the tool pilot, which is like the test flight uploader mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I think that one actually gets probably used the most. 
Um, since that uploads the builds, uh, updates, uh, the test flight change, change logs, uh, distributes to the, uh, your, your, uh, groups and whatnot mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it waits for the build to actually process. So <laughs> yeah, you can I just love like, that feature. Uh, <laughs> I use that one almost daily. Yeah. Yeah. That one is super nice. Cause I mean, I've had, well, my apps right now are super small and the processing takes like eh, five ish minutes, mm-hmm. but with like some of the big ones, like it can take like half an hour and you don't mm-hmm. want to wait there. So you just mm-hmm. like do it, let it sit. And then it does mm-hmm. its stuff. So I think mm-hmm. that one, because it does the waiting for everything to be done. I think that one is probably one of the, like mm-hmm. the most used slash most valuable, mm-hmm. but I mean, Everybody has a use case for something that I didn't know existed. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's some super weird stuff that gets done with it. And I'm like, this is amazing. I didn't know mm-hmm. this was a thing you could do, but mm-hmm. that's awesome. So, <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. I think the Fastlane's in a kind of a weird spot because it, it's, it's, a, it's a command line tool, but also like a scripting tool, but mm-hmm. also like a Ruby SDK. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's three different mm-hmm. areas where you can, like use Fastlane and use it in different ways. Mm-hmm. So like there's there's like an unlimited number of use cases people can do. So I don't know what's most used, um, but everything does seem to get used. Mm. So there's that. Yeah. It's awesome. I yeah, mean, I, yeah, it's I use such it a, a lot. Yeah, it's such a great tool. I've been using it both like when working with other people, but also for like mm-hmm. m- my own things and like for, for screenshots and stuff like that. So it's such a versatile tool. And I think people don't, I think unless you start using automation, like once you start using automation, it's like, it's incredible to see how much time you actually been wasting before. So I think, yeah, uh, I think people should check it out. If but it's also a good excuse, right? Like pilot is a good example where it's like, it, it waits for you, which mm. means you can do something that's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I might be a weird person, but if I upload a build, I'm sitting at app store connect and I refresh and I'm like still processing, <laughs> I refresh I still <laughs> processing so because I'm, I'm not a patient person, but having something that waits on my behalf, means i can you know i just go and make a coffee or go go Mm. get a coffee in normal times and that's kind of nice because i don't know i feel more productive when machines do work for me instead of me doing menial work and that yeah is kind of the embodiment of machines doing work that is otherwise like the same with screenshots right i think just Mm -hmm. sitting there taking your screenshots manually those are exhausting (laughs) yeah yeah and then you might have like a tiny thing wrong with it and then like oh i gotta take that again Mm. so it's it's nice that you can get it consistent so yeah i I love that the the hardest part about working at fastlane though is i don't have my own like full apps to Mm -hmm. to like use screenshots on so like there are people who like have these like crazy screenshot things that i'm like i don't even know really how to do that Mm -hmm. like i help provide the tools for it but i've never like taken like legit multi-language screenshots and everything Mm -hmm. and like upload them to the app store in a professional way (laughs) all of my screenshots are just white screens that have like blank text on them for just like (laughs) trash text on them for the most part so what i'm doing with my side projects is actually like trying to become like a fast like a a fast lane user slash another one of the ios community Mm -hmm. uh to like figure out exactly like how i can like market things in a new way change the tools to make it easier Because being in like the trenches for so long, I feel like I'm I I almost forget what it's like to to not use that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good. Um, how did the the transition, the API transition, go when you moved to Apple's App Store Connect APIs? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so I was actually at the WWDC in 2018 when the API was first announced. Mm-hmm. I was in the front row and like I was like. <laughs> 
just screaming so hard when I saw it. Like I was like, this is this is what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that it was going to take some time in order to get to what uh, what Fastlane could actually like fully use because mm-hmm. there are so many API calls, mm-hmm. um, portal stuff, App Store stuff, stuff, test flight stuff, in app payments, Game Center, mm-hmm. and everything in between. Um, so like the the first API uh, set that was announced was mainly just like test. I think it was just like some test flight and user stuff, mm-hmm. um, which we couldn't really fully use within Fastlane right away because it was a whole new auth system and like it would have only affected like 5% of the API calls. Mm-hmm. But it gave us a good start to like figuring out how we're going to start transitioning into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2019, they announced even more test flight stuff, which allowed us to transfer pilot into using the new API. Mm-hmm. Um but we didn't actually end up using the official API because we were still using like the web session auth. But we we changed over to the new the new format. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pilot was the first one to kind of like go through those transitions and and whatnot in order to figure out how we're actually going to use it in the rest of Fastlane. Um, and then this year was the one where like the we could do like oh uh, wait hold on 2019 was also developer portal stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm. it, it wasn't really enough to like fully rewrite that stuff because everything was still working fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2018, no, 2018, 2020, that's the year we're in. <laughs> um, uh, they announced a, a whole bunch more for app store metadata screenshots, video. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a big transition to get deliver working again, uh, during dub dub week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that I'm like, all right, well, if we're gonna do that, might as well just do the rest. So I end up doing uh what was the next one after that? I think I I just finished up match, cert, and sci. Um mm-hmm. those aren't merged in yet. Um but I in in all of this I've also added the new API key auth. So mm-hmm. it actually allows for non-Apple ID, which is great because that there's no great. 2FA issues there. Mm-hmm. So for CI this is gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um and the transition has been, it's been a little bit tough managing two different auth systems just from a, a like, uh, end user side, mm-hmm. trying to figure out, like, the best way to not error out if there's no auth now, because before Apple ID was required. Mm-hmm. Now we have optional Apple ID or optional API key. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the options now within Fastlane are a little bit different, whereas they're both not required. So I had to kind of find a, a nice way to make it easy for all the different auth types, Mm -hmm. Um, which then kind of changed up some of the internal code because some things have to do different things in other places. But overall, I'm pretty happy with it. And the API key auth is now uh, my preferred method. Um, And it's also super fast and consistent. So I'm I'm excited to have that out. Uh, It should be out with match, cert, and psi uh, hopefully next week. That's awesome. How much faster uh, are those APIs compared to the the web session ones? Um, so I I don't have exact numbers exactly, but in generally they're they're a little bit faster, but also more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the the web auth ones did like have some like large spikes of timeouts, kind of waiting for things to to for requests to actually like <laughs> go through everything. Not terrible. It's understandable. Mm. Um, but the new official API kind of hits things directly. So I haven't seen any sort of like timeouts or lag or anything like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And what what's missing for everything to move to 
that API. Is there anything that you're like, what would be your number one wish list for, for the next thing to be added to that API? So the next thing, the next big thing is the uh, in-app payment stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that API has not been transitioned over yet. And that one is a pretty complex API. So that, that makes, that makes sense why it, it, it isn't included yet. Um, but I think that one is gonna, is gonna be a, a real good change, uh, since seeing like full, uh, un- like the and payment stuff we have right now in the legacy API is all stuff that's been kind of undocumented. Mm-hmm. So, okay. uh, it's kind of been discovered along the way, uh, where with this new API, everything is going to be like shown to us, how everything relates to each other, all the filters we can do. Um, so it, it's just going to lead to like a more nice, uh, consistent, uh, product, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're not kind of guessing what's coming our way. Everything is just, it's just there. So, mm-hmm. I'm super excited for that one. Uh, there's like uh, the Game Center API, I think, is also one that is needs to get transitioned mm-hmm. over yet. I haven't done anything with that, <laughs> so I have no idea what's actually there. So Game Center has been an interesting one. Like, I think Game Center has changed up quite a lot in the past. Are, are you I've actually been going away and then kind of start to come yeah, back? Yeah, like we, didn't, again. we didn't really <laughs> see it for a while. Is is that actually? Do you have a part of Fastlane that uses Game Center? We, I think we do have some legacy APIs that do use Game Center. I ha- that's one of the parts of Fastlane that I haven't touched because okay. I don't have any apps that use Game Center. I don't know mm. how it actually works. Hmm. Um, if anybody like has an issue with it, then I'll go and jump into it and try hmm. and figure it out. But um, I know that there are Game Center APIs coming, but uh, okay. I don't know exactly how, like what the demand for them is hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of our mm-hmm. user base, because mm-hmm. we don't really do much with our tools with that. Hmm. That's all just like API module stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. But it's probably also a bit chicken and egg situation, right? If you would have the best possible game center integration, maybe a lot of companies would be like, finally. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, they're like, we, I we can't so, do yeah. this. You know, it's, yeah. it's always and, hard and, with this. And then I have to figure out how to, like, I don't know what game center stuff does. So <laughs> I have to spend like a week trying to actually like figure it out. But yeah. I'm okay I, with I that. I feel like we, we see another one of your side projects <laughs> using so heavy game center integration. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yep. You could, you could have for your RSS reader, you could have like your, your 100 articles read game. achievements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would, that's not bad. Would that pass App Store review? <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Only one way to find out. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> you could also do, I don't know, you could have one where you didn't read the news for like 48 hours as like a relaxing period. I love that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Took the weekend off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially at the moment, I think taking a news hiatus, if you can afford it at all in, oh, in your life situation, yeah. is quite quite relaxing and, and quite nice. I mean, and then you're coming back and everything is on fire and you're like, oh my God. But it, it's nice for the 48 hours where you allow yourself to not pay attention. Yeah, I I tried to not doom scroll and uh, <laughs> my RSS, RSS app does have mainly technical uh, yeah. feeds in it. So it actually helps me not doom scroll <laughs> in a way. Mm. I don't add real world news to it for that mm. reason. Mm. Yeah. Too depressing. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's also hard, right? It's it's hard to not not pay attention. I mean, I don't know how much we can influence things, but I always feel like at least being aware of it might mean you can nudge people a little bit in your direction. At least kind of talk more educated when the topic comes up and you might be able to to kind of add add something to to discussion i don't know i i feel very yeah. conflicted about <laughs> same it's 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 not i don't know difficult times 
for for a lot of weird reasons. Um, but sure. speaking of issues with with Fastlane, how do you deal with like, for example, around WWDC, right? API, especially the undocumented APIs, are notoriously uh, flickering because Apple might be working on other things. How do you deal with that? Like, I mean, now official APIs probably help with that a lot. But how did you deal with that when it's like you get a, you see a message in the morning, you're like something doesn't work. <laughs> that, yeah, so so uh, like the Wednesday before WWDC, I saw that issue come up, and I'm like. <laughs> all right uh set everything aside for like the next week and a half like this is an emergency this needs to happen um and like i was i was super excited for it because like this was like the big change that like need mm-hmm. to happen um but the docs weren't up yet because things weren't officially announced mm-hmm. um so proxy man is my <laughs> go-to <laughs> tool um that is an awesome tool. love that one uh so i had i had proxy man open i think straight for about two and a half weeks um and i pretty much just like go through the app store connect site and just click as many things as i possibly can (laughs) and that app then kind of stores all my requests and i can go back and see Mm -hmm. what all like the the request responses were new models things like that um and i mean this uh these changes were actually pretty easy to discover because the new API is structured in a JSON API spec mm-hmm. way where things are pretty discoverable. Um, so it, it, was, it was actually kind of fun, like uh, uh, adventuring my way mm-hmm. from like the top level app all the way to like the new app store screenshot sets mm-hmm. to all the d- different display types and things like that. Um the hard part was I've actually done like no changes in deliver really before mm-hmm. then. Like it's, it's been a pretty stable tool. So I learned a lot of new stuff that was actually in deliver that I had no idea. <laughs> um, which is crazy to think that I've been on Fastlane for five years and I still discovered new stuff. Um, new stuff like so that's what? probably actually, Oh, uh, like, uh, there are a whole bunch of deliver options that I, that I didn't know existed with. Um, Oh, I still don't even know. I, I actually go to the docs for, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, for no, 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 no. This is totally fine. I have, I have our docs open pretty much all day because, uh, I tend to not remember things. I just know where things are. Um, isn't that, isn't that what we're all doing? <laughs> yeah. 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 For the most part, my dog's eating something right now. <laughs> oh, uh, reset ratings. Okay. Was it, was mm-hmm. a, a thing you could sense. do? Mm. Are you actually eating stuff? No, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know that was a thing. And like, there was like a whole, there's like two new like app store connect API models just, just for that. So oh, well. like, okay. like it, it's the, 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 the new, new API has a whole bunch more models than what was before. Everything was kind mm-hmm. of like crammed into like w- one monolithic model. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like tearing apart our like monolithic type of model legacy stuff mm-hmm. and like expanding out into a whole bunch of models. Um, so there's just like, like small features like that, that actually ended up taking a little bit more time because they got ex- uh, kind of ex- ex- expanded out. Mm-hmm. Mm. With your with your Fastlane like project structure, do you try to match kind of Apple's modules, or do you think of it more of like your own structure, and then you figure out which which Apple's modules you have to call for? Then, How so you- our our models are a one to one map now with what their API returns and JSON API spec makes that. Mm-hmm. Super, oh my dog is su- super cranky right now. Um, <laughs> uh, the 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 spec makes it really easy to like create models from responses. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it'd be harder to not have like a one to one mapping. But now we mm-hmm. have a whole bunch of new models um, that we couldn't really migrate over from the old module. Mm-hmm. So the 
the old module is like slowly getting deprecated because it, it it just wouldn't make sense to have like the same kind of calls, mm-hmm. um, which is making a little bit challenge for us. But uh, well, for us as in users who are using the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, it, it it should be a lot a lot easier to use because it is it it is exactly what Apple is kind of saying they're doing and returning to us. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. I can imagine APIs great to have just the stability of knowing all right this is now oh. now a thing they do <laughs> and not yeah. having to i'm to so have, excited yeah <laughs> um how much time would you say you're splitting between like uh building new things maintaining things to to keep working as they are and kind of thinking about like general like issues that people are having bug fixes uh thinking about how to restructure stuff like what, what's kind of what takes most of your time majority of the time has actually been doing like pull request reviews from other people and issue management um in like 2019 there wasn't really much new or not many new things i was doing it was really just like cleaning a lot up that was there um like bug fixes small features here and there but this year has really been uh like redoing all of the new he's biting my feet (laughs) um this week has or sorry this this year has been uh uh rewriting a lot of the api logic that we had and like just kind of dispersing that throughout all the tools Mm -hmm. um so this has been a a, a lot of focus on me doing like new feature coding Mm -hmm. uh where in previous times it's been just a lot of maintaining Mm -hmm. um it's the, the, the the biggest challenge is balancing both Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. like I was rewriting match cert and Psy this past week, and it's very hard to like rewrite that new stuff while also looking through issues and reviewing PRs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, weeks like that, things, things tend, tend to slip from that maintenance side, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll catch back up next week. And like the next three weeks will just be like issue management PRs. Uh, I am still checking issues for like major things that go wrong because mm-hmm. th- those are things that should have my attention mm-hmm. um but uh these past few months have just been like new api stuff mm-hmm. for the okay. most part. um how do you find I, I can imagine it's like very different to work on the open source versus your own project um how do you like do you find that you work very differently on those two um because like open source you need to have like all the documentation for everyone to be able to use and but also you sometimes have co-workers you didn't know yesterday (laughs) and you know it's yeah yeah Yeah. they are they are they are highly different with uh with how i work um up until my latest three side projects all of my (laughs) other ones have been open source just because i i i enjoy making things open source and like Hmm. There's, I, they weren't going to be like big revenue generators for me at all. Mm-hmm. They're just there mm-hmm. for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do write better code when it is open source. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yep. Where my, my current side projects, well, they're really fugly because of Swift UI. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So that's just me experimenting through a whole bunch of new things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I don't, I don't really like working on closed, closed source things because I, I feel like I'm almost like lying to the world, kind of like <laughs> hiding things that like should be shared. Um, but I, I, that could totally just be a a me thing. 
I, I know that you're also sharing a lot of what you're doing on your side projects as well. And I think maybe that helps you feel a bit more yeah. like bridge that gap, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't like most things being too secretive because mm. like I I I, I kind of like get into my own head then and then like I like get deep in some holes that I shouldn't be like doing things. So I kind of like sharing what I'm doing because it helps kind of mm. keep me honest with mm. with what I'm trying to work on, especially mm. for like my my side things that that are just me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had other people working on them, I probably would uh, uh, probably wouldn't have the need to share things mm. so much. Mm. But uh, it, it, here we are. <laughs> it's also an interesting situation where you're 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 working on things where you want to share everything and everything is open mostly tools for the most one of the most secretive companies in the world <laughs> this is true yeah and then mine and then mine is no secrets at all and i'm not sharing it is it is slightly backwards um <laughs> i've never really thought about that before <laughs> um how do you deal with like sometimes you probably get pull requests from people and they're not quite where you need them to be for a to be merged into Fastlane, how how do you manage that? Like, especially you you encourage new people to that are new to open source, right? That might have not had yeah. a lot of experience, and you want to encourage them. But at the same time, that those pull requests might need more work or have to kind of do a lot of teaching. How do you kind of do that? So every pull request does get a heart emoji from me because um, <laughs> I do appreciate all the time people nice. do spend on them, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just like a a simple PR. Like mm-hmm. if you're picking up Fastlane, like the the smallest PR can actually take quite a bit of time to like figuring out like what need to change, mm-hmm. get everything up and up on your machine and whatnot. Um, so I, I try to understand that everybody's time is uh, worth a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, most, most PRs actually do end up getting merged at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nice thing about Fastlane being open source and we have like our whole like plugin type of thing, um, where if it's not something that we can actually like put in into Fastlane, because it's, it's just like it's not product fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be some legal reasons that that Google can't own this code. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're totally able to like make your own plugin that that you own that can do mm-hmm. what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, this, this plugin architecture was I think introduced like three three years ago, mm-hmm. um, and that's been kind of a a really big hit from uh, from the the maintainer mm-hmm. standpoint because we don't have to know uh, how all of the integrations work that mm-hmm. users want to do. Um, they can still use Fastlane's core system, but do their their own type of integration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of where most uh, Fastlane things that 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 don't that can't get merged in kind of end up as. Okay. Um, so they're not they're not out of Fastlane completely. They're just not in something that, that Fastlane itself owns mm-hmm. or maintains. So how you mentioned Google a bit? How does that? What is the relationship between Fastlane and Google? And I think Twitter was also involved for a while. <laughs> yes. So uh, so Felix originally created Fastlane and he owned everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he slash Fastlane got hired slash acquired by Twitter. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know the proper words or what actually happened, but, uh, Twitter, Twitter owned Fastlane for a little bit under the, um, under the fabric, uh, division. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in like 2016, 17, Google ended up buying fabric from Twitter, uh, which I think included fab that did not include Firebase. I don't think, I don't even know what was all included in fabric, Mm -hmm. but Fastlane kind of got, got 
grouped within that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that there, there was a fabric group within Google for a while that Fastlane was under, um, but it, it really didn't didn't fit too well. So Fastlane's in kind of its own its own group now. Google owns it, um, but uh, uh, I'm the one that now uh, maintains it, even though I'm not technically a Google employee. <laughs> okay so it's a very simple structure that everyone will understand <laughs> it's a very simple structure google owns it i work on it <laughs> and are there many other contri- contributors that are from that are google employees uh no most people are non-google employees okay interesting <laughs> it's a very interesting structure does that make things it more complicated sense. or does it does it not really impact day-to-day uh, to in order to get like the, the 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 legal structure for me to work on Fastlane full time, that was mm-hmm. a little bit complicated. But now mm-hmm. that that's out, like there's no no friction anywhere really. Okay. Which I didn't I didn't plan on seeing, but I'm totally mm-hmm. fine with that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I want to talk a bit about uh, Indie Dev Monday, and uh, yes. I think uh, that's something you started quite recently. And I think uh, it's. It's awesome. I mean, I've been in one, so I might be a bit biased, but I really, I really like it. Um, and no, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great initiative. And it's funny that was sort of along, along the same time that we were thinking about having like Indies on the podcast. So mm. I think oh, it's cool. great to see that mm. you were like there yeah. as well. I wanted to highlight Indies. Uh, how did you decide to do that or how did that come to be? Yeah. So, um, doing like Fastlane stuff full time, I never really got to like do the indie dev life. So mm-hmm. I've always kind of watched it from afar closely on twitter uh <laughs> if that if that makes sense um and like so like i've been watching like uh charlie chapman uh christian uh jordan morgan and everybody else who's kind of in that in that mm-hmm. indie twitter circle which <laughs> feels small but it's also quite big mm-hmm. um and there was i remember there was one day where uh uh it was like beginning of June where Christian announced that it was his birthday on some Monday, um, <laughs> that he was doing something special. And then Charlie decided to also launch his, I think it was Dark Noise 2.0 on that same day. Mm-hmm. And I got super excited. Like that was going to be like, like an indie Christmas day or something. <laughs> um, and Twitter that whole day was just full of news about them. And I was like, it'd be cool to like have this like every Monday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, indie dev Monday. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I don't, I was like, I can start, I guess. So I quickly stopped doing everything that I was doing that day <laughs> because I knew that if I didn't start start it that day, I probably would have not gotten it done. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I ended up creating the uh, the uh, the the initial blog and whatnot uh, and first post and getting all that out there. And I think I tweeted the, like the next day, like, "Hey, this is the thing I'm going to start doing." Mm. And it actually got like quite a bit of traction on Twitter. So I'm like, okay, like there might actually be like a legit like uh want for this mm-hmm. um and it, it it's been fun because like it i i, I like watching indie devs um and i, w- I was trying to find more for mm-hmm. me to follow mm-hmm. and i have like this overwhelming amount of indie devs now that are, are kind of in my eyesight mm-hmm. um so there was a little bit selfish reason for me to find indie <laughs> devs for me to follow but uh, I, th- I think it's also helped uh, other indie devs to kind of like uh, try, like find more people to kind of like inspire them. Like mm. Christian inspires me, um, mm. but there's also more people like Christian that I don't know about that also could inspire me. So I kind of want to mm. help uh, help like make that a little bit easier to find. Mm. Mm. 
No, I think I think that's awesome, and I think it's uh, it, like I think many people. Um, and when you read the uh, stories as well, people have so different backgrounds, and I think yeah, uh, sometimes when people are like maybe coming from a different field, they might not think they they might think that everyone studied computer science or computer engineering, and now they are. Which that's not the case at this. all. Yeah, yeah, I think the majority of people that are like many people who are in the developers don't like they they had a problem that they wanted to solve and then that's what they end up working on and mm-hmm. i think that is sort of but at, at I, the very I least think, it usually doesn't matter and i think that's the exciting yeah. part no, right no it it's doesn't like some yeah. of yeah. them did study software engineering computer science some of them didn't but both of them are here now making cool things yeah and i think yeah. that's that's the that, that's the exciting thing to me yeah 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 i like that too because uh, we we started computer science, but we almost for, our main purpose was immigration purposes because we we studied overseas, <laughs> right? And we 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 yeah. would have probably aborted Are you our allowed education. To say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like we we were kind of in our education, and we already worked as software engineers like fairly quickly. But we couldn't stop because we couldn't, you know, for, for like if you're living in the country you want to stay in, sure, that's fine. Or you're born in the country yeah. you want to stay in. But we, if we would have uh, stopped our education, we would have had to leave the continent, you know. So it's like... Uh, not, the, not just that. I think it's also easier, like if you want to move to any other yeah. country, um, many countries have special, like give you give you priority mm. or give you more points to like apply for a PR. Like um, we couldn't, if you, we wouldn't if you have a in the US. In it's really difficult to get a <laughs> yeah. visa if you don't have um, a mm. degree. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. in Australia as well, and I mean Canada, we wouldn't have permanent residency here if we uh, cancelled or aborted our education. So we knew yeah, yeah. we didn't want to be in the countries that we're from. So we needed a degree to, to <laughs> allow us to yeah. to be somewhere else and that's you that's know fair. it's a very yeah. different focus but it yeah. still got us to to a similar point to a lot of other people and i think that's i find that fascinating yeah. to see those yeah and i think i think one thing i wanted to like before you started talking about immigration no, one thing i thought <laughs> like uh, for, for me the education that i got is like yeah i i learned things related to programming and computer science but i didn't learn any mobile development there or any mm-hmm. um like ui or ux which i think is very important for people who are in the developers or people who people who are working on mobile in general, it's great to have an. Uh, we talked a bit about this earlier. It's great to have an intuition of what should be like of how a platform should work, and I think that's nothing you will learn from like a university, really. And I think everything I learned in school was like enterprise type of development. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there were like there were like the the, the my, my most valued class was one that was only offered like once, and it was <laughs> cloud computing. And then we, okay. we were taught AWS stuff like mm. when it first came out. So like. Mm. EC2, S3, mm. and like that was probably one of like the most valuable classes because I wouldn't have gotten that experience on my own probably. Mm. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And like that, that wasn't a, like a, a normal software engineering class. It was an elective that was just a, a one off. Mm. But like, just like those those kinds of classes that like I didn't like the the, the ones that like I, I use most days or I don't know how to say this like the, the correct way. Not that my degree <laughs> is useless at, at all because school is not. But um, the stuff I actually learned in the classes, I I don't actually use that like specific knowledge day to day right now. Yeah, everything that I do right now is stuff I've learned outside. But I think schools help me learn how to learn. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what many people. That's why many people argue that the language you learn in is not that important when it comes to programming Correct. because yeah. it's the concepts that you're applying and very like a lot of concepts are the same and uh, the the logic is there no matter which language you're using and I think that's sort of in 
that logical thinking and that way of approaching problems could be something that you learn no matter what language you learn it in. But it also, then you can pick up mobile. You can learn it no matter where you learn it, right? For yeah. some people, school is a mm-hmm. natural fit. For others, it is something else. And I think that's so interesting about seeing those stories. Like, I, I, I do like to see people behind applications that or, or products they're working on. And I think that's very fascinating to see because for a lot of people, that's something they pour a lot of themselves into. And it's... My wife is home. <laughs> the dog's happy. All right. Uh, and it's sorry interesting to see sorry. to both see kind of the outcome of it, but also hear more about where where those people come from and their their story yeah. to to get to that point. And like some of their their successes earlier, or some of their failings, or some of the risks they took. And I think as as indies or people that work by themselves, it can feel like sometimes. Like sometimes some days are kind of hard, other mm-hmm. days are kind of kind of feeling easier. But it's nice to see someone to see stories of other people who've also been through that. Yeah, and some yeah, of them might think... be a bit ahead of where you think you are right now. Others are are are, are not where you are yet, and it makes you kind of realize, hey, I actually came quite mm-hmm. far, and I think that is. Yeah, because I think it can be easy to look at people's success stories once uh, w- once they have something, right? Well, uh, mm-hmm. but if you're yep. able to hear people's sort of. Uh, origin story and get to know where they came from then i think that can be really like thoughtful like mm. uh, thoughtful is that how you is that a word uh, it can be really like it can really teach you uh, thoughtful i don't know not a word, <laughs> not a word? that <laughs> not should a be word. a word i feel like that could be a word it's a good <laughs> word it was a word it's not a word <laughs> uh, but, no, but that can that can really give you a great insight on uh, like that that it's not just st- like straightforward and people yeah come from different pa- different different backgrounds yeah it is it is strangely educational but also strangely encouraging to know you know it's like a lot of indies do things by themselves but somehow mm-hmm. all those efforts bring everyone closer together and twitter is part of that and i think yeah. y- your newsletter and- is part of that and it's just nice to see that there's quite a g- a large group of people who who do this kind of thing yeah and it feels yeah. somehow it feels it feel it, it even for me it just feels nice to to see <laughs> so many people being excited about what they're doing and talking about their stories and and doing things that they care about i got uh, i got an, a, a special issue coming out this monday which is a widget only issue mm-hmm. um where i the regrettably asked all indie devs for screenshots <laughs> of the ones they've been working on um and i I gotta figure out how to include like i think 50 plus images into one blog post now (laughs) without without making it uh too large of a payload yeah but um i kind of want to do a little change up because this is our this is our 10th issue Mm -hmm. um and i kind of want to do something a little more fun slash light-hearted slash relaxing from my end Mm -hmm. uh which I thought it was going to be, but I, th- I think it's going to be a lot of work to try and figure out how to display all these nicely. <laughs> but there are so many cool things that, like, that I've seen in what uh, I've been sent, like, the past week, mm-hmm. where, like, I think widgets are, like, the indie dev thing of iOS 14. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it was yep. so, it was so, it was so easy for them to, like, just, like, refocus on that, mm-hmm. where, like, main main apps that didn't fit into your waterfall model or (laughs) sprint or whatever it is um so it's been super cool to see the the success that the devs have been having off of off of that yeah it it almost feels like all widgets come from indies and i know that's not strictly (laughs) true but 
like the, a huge yeah. majority seem to. But I think that, um, that's which is kind of cool. Where <laughs> Apple's dropping tomorrow announcement helped a lot of indies that were ready because it's like mm. no no multi billion dollar company will will turn around in twenty four hours and get no. get an Xcode twelve f- iOS fourteen no. build ready with widgets. There's no not the a first you know. validation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I mean, the first widget that I've seen really was Twitches, and that's only in beta. I still. Mm. Mm-hmm. Still, oh, okay. I think, but mm. that one is super cool looking. Yeah, mm. nice. But yeah, it's it is it is an interesting uh, opportunity for indies to yeah. to actually like shine on day one because Apple still featured a lot of them and mm. like uh, Widget Smith is is probably one of the most uh, successful one in this in this period, right? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. aesthetic AF um, <laughs> uh, on 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 TikTok, and now it's like I I think it's still number one best uh, number one in the free downloads uh, at least mm. here in Canada. It uh, was today. here this morning too, yeah, and that's been going on for quite some time, and you know uh, I think underscore is kind of the uh at least for me when i follow the kind of apple scene it's it feels like he's one of the original indies on ios um mm. i mean i don't yeah, know yeah he's, he's, he's been podcast doing this um developing perspective years ago was one of the first that i got into mm. and like my first exposure to the concept of indie devs this was back though when i thought everyone was an indie dev and that all apps <laughs> were either made by facebook or by indies so my perception was a little warped <laughs> <laughs> thanks for adding that disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, that's not to take away from him that's just to say i was a little bit uh um, not knowledgeable of the industry in mm. high school let's just mm. say that mm. Yeah, but it's 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 really cool to see that, and I hope we can still get a little bit of that train, and it's not completely gone by the time we release. I sure hope so. Yeah, um, but I also think Apple is probably aware of this interesting release uh, cycle this time, and I'm sure they they are they will feature things because there's so many interesting widgets. I think there are oh, yeah. genuinely a lot of really really good use cases for widgets, and it mm-hmm. enabled something that I think people wanted. In, in maybe not exactly this way. I don't think necessarily everyone thought of it in this way, but there are so many people that wanted something where it's a bit more going on on your home screen, right? Like mm-hmm. having, having like changeable app icons, I thought was maybe something, but then you kind of have to confirm it and it didn't really turn into something that can be dynamic. But this is kind of the first time where you have something that's like you, you unlock your phone and you already have something. I'm not sure if Apple even expected to be this big. I think maybe they thought some widgets will be very useful, but now you see people customizing their home screens to look at like Windows, like an old Windows computer mm. or that one was cool. like, <laughs> yeah, or like completely black and white and really minimalistic. And like there are some really cool things there. And I think the fact that people who are not just in tech are so excited about this makes me think that Apple will probably try to extend the time that they like continue supporting people who release new things for for iOS 14 specifically. So I think even if they dropped it very suddenly, I think the sort of burn will be a bit longer this time. I think they will continue featuring more and more so apps was, because it's so popular. I was super excited to have like a really clean home screen mm-hmm. uh, when iOS I think they announced it at Dub Dub where like you couldn't like r- remove the apps off mm-hmm. the home screen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so cool. I'm going to have one home screen and it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, now I think I'm at like six because <laughs> there's widgets all over the place. I know. Yeah. I feel the so same. It's, it's, it's been a, a little bit of a roller coaster on my phone, but mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think I, I'm going to enjoy having them. But it's, it's probably also going like through cycles of correction and course correction i like on day one i had so many widgets i i i was also i install all the apps on my phone i'm i I don't know 
what it is Same. what it says about me but it's like i i had so many apps on my phone and i was so disorganized that i had more apps than would fit on i don't know how many you could have nine <laughs> nine pages i think and it would just my my home screen springboard was kind of broken because apps would kind of disappear past the home screens and as i wanted to rearrange something and as soon as i deleted an app even on the second home page as a home screen it a random app that was off the home screen before would would appear there because they were all overflowing it was a mess so it's also like oh cool finally i i just get rid of everything and now i have a whole bunch of widgets but i'm yep. sure at some point i will course correct and be a bit more because like the smart stacks like especially for developers that mm. use all of the the intense stuff and kind of donating the kind of in- yeah, you donate the shortcut or the intent yeah that mm. will then uh bubble up in your smart stack for example and there are a lot of cool things like apple's apps obviously do it pretty well and i'm sure more and more mm-hmm. uh, uh indie developers will adopt that too like when when it starts raining the the, the weather widgets mm. um in in carrot weather for example will will uh, be the primary one because you probably care about that otherwise you wouldn't have it in the stack and then when you have no, uh like a task that's coming up in in things that one would rotate to the front and i think that is a really nice way as well to have something that is very much adopting to not just kind of having a widget on your home screen that's done it that is for one app but have something that kind of rotates based on what you most likely need next is is pretty cool i think Hmm. widgets i agree with that (laughs) widgets (laughs) so you're planning on shipping um and other rss and other rss yeah and other rss yes it's very it's 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 much easier to read than to say. Yeah, it yeah. reads really nicely, but then when I try to say it, I, it doesn't come out. Yeah, right. I struggle too, and I'm like, well, I mean, it's not going to get said very much, so that's fine. <laughs> so, are you planning on shipping it as well, or is it going to stay in like yeah. a free time project? Mm, no, I'm. Uh, I was I was hoping to ship it like uh, beginning to mid October. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. This this uh, I I actually got quite a bit of user feedback on it which is which is super nice mm-hmm. um i've been reworking the importing of of feeds um when i first created i didn't know that opml was like an actual thing <laughs> which is just like an xml format for rss feeds mm-hmm. um so i i had a i had a, a csv import export that i just threw together mm-hmm. um and i got opml working quite quite easily and then somebody tried to import an opml file with like a thousand feeds mm-hmm. and i was like don't <laughs> um because that's that's the, the way that my ui what, what was working like it there was just like a little like progress spinner guy that went on like on, on some on, on some row and there was no indication of like what what, what failed what's su- what succeeded how far you mm-hmm. were so i've been i've been reworking that this past like week week and a half um it ended up turning into a whole thing because i <laughs> lost like six hours to that modal refreshing oh, no. over and over again uh-huh. um but and then i wanted to do things the correct way with combine for mm-hmm. for for downloading a thousand feeds yep. <laughs> and it turns out that i'm not talented enough to do that yet so i'm just going to use an operation queue instead that only does like 10 operations at once and then maybe rework that later once i have a better understanding of combine but you so, also jump into all the new tech with both feet so i i, I like that <laughs> yes yes it was uh hindsight i probably shouldn't have but uh it's been a lot of fun mm. um so i'm currently reworking the import and that's gonna that's like a a major 
major rewrite of things. So mm-hmm. things kind of slowed down a little. And then while I was working on that, I was also like, huh, widgets look cool. So I lost <laughs> like two days to like just just doing that. And I was like, I, I also want shortcuts as well. <laughs> so um, I didn't I haven't released a test flight in like a week and a half because I decided to have add widgets and shortcuts and okay. then also left the import like half baked. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it wasn't really in a shippable state. Hmm. Um, and then with widgets, I realized that the refresh was not great because with oh sorry with the shortcuts uh mm-hmm. shortcuts i i added so that you can actually uh query all of your all of your feeds through like a paging shortcut mechanism because you could have thousands of feeds and shortcuts will totally fail because of 30 meg memory issues mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh i added shortcuts i got i got like way deep here and it's <laughs> it's terrible but um the the shortcuts for fetching feeds you can you can page now you can tell it to like page 30 feeds at a time and pick mm-hmm. up at like uh offset number like 31 mm-hmm. um and then that was working fine and then i realized that the refreshing of feeds was also broken because some of the feeds give like a thousand articles mm-hmm. which were going past <laughs> the 30 meg memory yeah so i have to write my own feed parser now that will only pull down new ones not not pull not like pull all of them down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm also reworking that while doing the import so this latest build got really really weird um <laughs> but after that i think it's going to be in a mostly like shippable state where i can just like polish things here and there that's awesome so you, you still you still think you're on track for release next month uh sometime in october i mean halloween sounds good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome yeah it got, I, it got a little bit bigger than what i planned on i mean i didn't even plan on making it like an an, an app in the first place i made it because i couldn't find an rss feeder that like fit the way that i wanted to use it Mm -hmm. and then i started using it one night and i got hooked on it for like three hours and then for like three days it was great and i'm like well i might as well just like ship it and now i'm turning it into a whole thing (laughs) (laughs) do you plan on bringing it to macros as well i do um i probably should have clicked the catalyst button like right away Mm-hmm. So I could figure out what broke when I started doing stuff because right now it does not even come close to working on Catalyst at all due to like iOS APIs that it's using and things like that. Also, I think it might require Big Sur. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not exactly sure um, because I'm only doing <laughs> iOS 14 and up because I was yeah. lazy. Um, and I don't. I, have I think Big that's S- a good call. There's so many things that are not there in iOS 13 for SwiftUI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, I think View Builder is new, right? Mm. is that new ios 14 you can use the, it in in more no. places yeah 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 okay. you can attribute your own things with it yeah um, yeah and that's the what I'm body using. property has it by default as mm. well which mm-hmm. is okay new. um yeah so i think i'm using that which might have been the reason why i did it or because i just didn't want to change the build settings to 13 but <laughs> i don't have big sur on any of my machines at the moment so mm. that's kind of preventing the the mac build from going mm. I might see if I can make it work back to whatever the is before Big Sur. I forget the code names. Yeah, um, Catalina. Catalina? But the problem is also Big Sur is probably looking different. Catalyst had a huge mm-hmm. improvement in Big Sur. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so many of the Swift UI view modifiers are really hard to condition. Like it's it, it's possible, but it's a bit 
clunky to conditionally apply view modifiers, right? Because then you have to build your own wrapper that checks for yep. for certain things, and then you have to erase certain things to any views because if you're not if it's if it's the old stuff, you have to return it as a the, the return type of both both uh, branches has to be the same. So you have to get like do type erasure to get there. It's we we're doing that disaster. for 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 orbit, but it's definitely if if you build something new, I would mm -hmm. I would yeah. strongly strongly recommend. Yeah. And not to yeah. do especially, that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're shipping in October, I think macOS Big Sur is going to be very close to ready at mm. that point. So, and it's also yeah, like our, all the new toolbar stuff if you want to use that. You know, mm -hmm. that which I think just, I think I am. Mm. So, so I don't even know just, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and and you might be able to be like part of the Big Sur uh, release. That's that's <laughs> nice too. I gotta figure out how to install it on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the betas have been quite a roller coaster. Uh, yeah, I've seen that, issues, so that's why I haven't done it yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I even think that makes sense. even for our like, I'm not using it full time for anything, but even just for our app, there were so many weird Swift UI behavior changes where it's like mm -hmm. beta one was completely busted, beta two was like oh pretty good, beta three completely busted, beta mm -hmm. four was like oh, okay, kind of going <laughs> in the direction again. I was like, uh, what do we do here? And the last two betas have been, they're visual issues, but it's fully functional. And we're yeah, super happy yeah, okay. because we felt like that would have been a good yeah. couple of weeks to just figure out how to break this into, how to, how to twist this into not breaking on, on Big Sur. Mm -hmm. Well, now we feel like, all right, we can actually have a baseline and build upon that, which is, which is always something. Yeah. Easier. Yeah. So our baseline works like we can basically use the code across both Big Sur and Catal uh, oh, Catalina, cool. which is quite nice. But for a while there, we thought maybe we had to have a completely separate code pass for Big Sur. Yeah, but we, we, Apple seemed to have sorted those issues out for us. So I'm happy yeah. about Good. that. That would have been, that would have been yeah. a lot yeah. of heartburn otherwise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially releasing like two months, no, one month before, no, two weeks before WWDC. Yeah. But we released, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we released our... 1.0. Yeah, it wouldn't have been that fun to rewrite it like to for for something that was <laughs> like a two week no, period. No, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was yeah. yeah. So I was hoping to release it like around similar times on both platforms, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> but it'll happen sometime. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. I think we should probably wrap it up. Um, <laughs> unless no. Okay, I'm gonna wrap it up. Cool. Um, so yeah, I think um, it's great chatting with you. And if anyone want to keep in touch with you, uh, we will put um, all the links to uh, Josh's Twitter profile and um, your woodworking. You, you, woodworking are you okay with us putting yeah. up? Yeah, yeah, putting yeah, yeah up? for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we will put all the links in the show notes so you know where to find it. And yeah, thank you so much again for joining us. It was great thanks chatting for having with you. Me. This was this was uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Josh. Super fun. Thank you. <laughs> And awesome. everyone subscribe to Indie Dev Monday. Yes. Oh, yeah, mm. do that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it, it is. I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's really nice. And it's also, I mean, you committed to quite a lot by saying, all right, Monday, which we all know is weekly. So you, you also uh, committed to uh, some kind of level of editorial every weekend. So I'm, I'm quite impressed. That yeah. You know. I mean, the nice thing is it's not a lot of like me writing a whole bunch of stuff because i'm not great at that it's really just like other people answering questions hmm. um and then me writing a little blurb so it, it, it it's not it's it's easy enough to maintain to that schedule um the most time consuming part is actually using like every app that is <laughs> mm -hmm. in the article but that's mm -hmm. also super fun mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, yeah, it's a good way of, I can, of I can finding new that. things, playing with new things, and kind of forcing exactly. yourself to, to try new things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, I know you, there's still like organizing people and getting everything ready and writing those blurbs, playing with those apps, getting it all into format. There's still uh, trying different mail providers at first <laughs> <laughs> because some of them play uh, not so nicely with spam filters, apparently. Uh, oh, yep. That was we, a week. We, we ran into that with SendGrid as well. We had we first used SendGrid for our newsletters. And for some reason, um, it was kind of weird. We, we w- Apparently, we were on one of their servers that was flagged by everyone for spam. <laughs> and I contacted their support and said, hey, it looks like like we had like a, f- I don't know what it was, like 50% delivery rate. And that doesn't seem right. And they're like, mm-hmm. cool, you can upgrade to a business plan and then get a dedicated yeah. IP. I was like, that's $1,000. That's about almost a thousand dollars more than we pay right now <laughs> um so and they didn't get back to us in over a month i think so we're like All right, yeah they're they're just getting back to me right now and the thing that <laughs> bugged me was i was using something that was in their free plan it was I, I don't remember what what it was but they were they had it in their free plan as a like a demo of mm-hmm. of <laughs> whatever it was but if you go up to their first tier mm-hmm. they get rid of that feature Oh, really? and you get that again in your second in like the second tier and i'm like that is strange that's weird I, like i was like if you include in your free tier you should include <laughs> it in your first tier and they're like no it's just there to like to show what's going on but i'm like but like i'm using it and it's totally fine <laughs> like how so i was like i'm i'm out now i'm on yeah. convert kit yeah which oh, okay. is amazing yeah we're also using convert kit for for the kind of what's what's new with orbit and we're using mailgun now for transactional emails i kind of like that with sendgrid that they do transactional and kind of the newsletter market i think they're calling it marketing module did you i i know we're trying to end this podcast (laughs) but um did uh did you see postmarks uh latest uh announcement no what did they announce so uh postmark is another uh transactional email service mm-hmm. um but last week they added uh, ability to do transit uh, wait uh transactional emails and like wait transactional and mass emails mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and and they have two different like server pipelines that these go through where oh, the transactional ones go through quicker um and won't get flagged by by spam as often but then like the ones that you send off as a giant group go through a different one of their pipelines and go a little mm-hmm. bit slower mm-hmm. but uh that's now going to be, I think, my go-to email platform. Interesting. Have you actually used them for anything? Or I have. I, I, I've been using Postmark on one of my clients since like 2014. Okay. Um, not 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 a, a huge email sender, but they're mm-hmm. pretty easy to uh, to use. Um, so if I was to go with somebody else now, it would probably be them. Okay. Not that I'm being sponsored by them or anything at all, but <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just super cool, and it happened like last week. Hmm. Okay, yeah, that's should, interesting because yeah, I don't know. Email is email is weird. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's email is interesting, right? Because it was such a it is such a fundamentally world changing protocol that enabled so much of what we're doing, but also was, I mean. In, it, it kind of makes hindsight makes it super easy but like a naive implementation where it's like everyone can send whatever they want to anyone however often at whatever time and it's 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 nice it's like the kind of original web protocol things but it's now kind of just flooded with with spam and 
yeah, every yeah. company builds their own spam filters and different heuristics and and having their scoring system where it's like you get a reputation depending on how how well your your emails are being read and received and how often they're being flagged as spam by ip addresses and other heuristics it's like it's such entire... a simple concept but it's terrifying <laughs> yeah but it's also interesting right because you have this super i mean fairly simple protocol but then you have this entire extra industry and 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 software engineering and machine learning stack around that to figure out this this very simple request should we accept it or not but you have this this monster round to to take that small request and evaluate it it's kind of it's fascinating how 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 that that happened and this is why i don't i don't uh do my own emails (laughs) (laughs) i mean i did it for like smaller things uh for like products that were kind of hobby products and it was yeah. fine i was like why would anyone use paid service i don't get it but <laughs> then, then like, as yep, you get into like 100 yeah when you get into transactional emails and it's like people want to reset their password because they pay for your product and they want to get back into your account and then it's being flagged it's like ah, that's a bit painful <laughs> and you might not even know because for my products i didn't necessarily keep receipts of anything i was like yep. looks I, I i think i sent it i don't know <laughs> now having something where you can actually see what whether things were sent or if they bounce and why they bounce is, is quite quite useful <laughs> who knew yeah <laughs> <laughs> um are we still wrapping this up <laughs> how's this <laughs> going have something else to, something I think so. now now i kind of remember that i also want to ask about because you're you're so involved in the online community i was kind of curious about if i mean right now obviously different times but if you're involved in in an offline community like yeah like a the, yeah, local community you are. in chicago yeah so uh when when picking up mobile development in milwaukee it's it, it's it's a very small very small city for the most part um there are a lot of developers but it's mainly like enterprise type of development mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. a lot of like .NET, php that stuff there's like six mobile developers in all of milwaukee <laughs> um <laughs> so we so we had a meetup but it, it was it was small and when i moved down to chicago like i i assumed it was the same thing mm-hmm. um i don't know why i assumed that that was stupid but <laughs> i ended up finding uh ns ns coder chicago about mm-hmm. uh two years ago i think um and it happens downtown chicago which is mm-hmm. like an hour ish drive from well hour and a half there during the afternoon like mm-hmm. half hour back mm-hmm. um but <laughs> they have yeah it's it's stupid chicago traffic sounds fun it is it is terrible uh but like it's it was it was a super cool group to get introduced to because they're I, th- I think the, the first meetup i actually gave a talk at because i was like i just don't want to like go and go because like i'm not good at mingling that's not my thing so mm-hmm. giving a talk which I think <laughs> some people find scarier. It actually makes me less scared because then I don't have mm. to introduce who I am. And like, that's terrifying mm-hmm. to me. Um, so I gave a talk and there was like, there was like 40 people there. And I'm like, I didn't know that there were this many mobile devs like in one mm. spot. Um, so I've been going well up until COVID hit like mm. once a month. And I've met like a whole bunch of cool people that actually live in Chicago area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to start up a, a coffee meetup for, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Chicago developers like in the mm-hmm. suburb area because it's, mm-hmm. it's it's very hard for us to go downtown even though it's like relatively close mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and my my first meetup day I started was actually like the the week of like quarantine lockdown started oh, no. so I got exactly one and then that kind of died um mm-hmm. but w- once we're all allowed to go back out safely again I'm hoping to sp- 
spin that back up because there are actually a lot of good, like awesome Chicago devs mm. uh, that I enjoy mm. not just interacting via Twitter with. Mm. Um, yeah, it's actually yeah. fun to actually like talk to real people. Mm. Yeah. What, what did you do in the coffee meetup? Was it like meeting at a coffee shop and kind of casual? a coffee early in the morning and just chat. That's nice. Mostly mobile dev, sometimes not mobile dev, but it was with people that like that I could like easily talk to. Mm. Yeah, we're we're organizing. Chill. We're calling it core coffee because we like the core frameworks uh-huh. are a bit. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah, kits yeah. Are, are like the nice and polished ones, and the core ones are kind of rougher. So we thought <laughs> core coffee is a nice name I for like, like an unorganized uh, meetup. Yeah, <laughs> it might be too mean to the core frameworks. I'm, I'm they're nice. <laughs> I I'm uh, I did mine to. I don't know if you meant to coffee 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 dot yeah yeah coffee yeah i think it's coffee 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 coffee, coffee or yeah something. i've been yeah yeah i've been to to that meetup in san francisco a few times and then during dub dub week so i was like mm. i'm gonna start that up in chicago and mm. start up one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think and we've, now we've had them inside. for about uh, two and a half years two and a half years and no, well, so keep them no, one, and, one and a half years Okay. Yeah. yeah that's no, cool. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever want to join us, we're usually doing. Oh uh, yeah, we're the, doing them online at the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's it's quite nice. Um, and it used to be only like local Vancouver devs because it was like a random coffee shop. We thought yeah. our kind of caring about coffee and caring about like community and, hmm. and mobile space was a good yeah. combination to bring a whole bunch of developers uh, to random like mostly independent co- we, we kind of yeah we only <laughs> went yep. to like third wave independent coffee shop like very I was doing the same too yeah yeah, yeah. And because we, thought, we felt like they are the ones that need the support even if yeah. it's a bit harder to find s- bigger independent coffee shops but we were able to find some that were open on sundays so we kind of <laughs> tried to use some like for example there are some closer to universities and they get a lot of traffic during the week because university students but then they're they're completely empty on weekends and we thought hey that's actually a nice combination to bring like oh. 10 15 yeah. sometimes 20 people into a coffee shop that doesn't have a lot going on on weekends because i mean again it's like we, we would eat breakfast or drink coffee anyways so might as well support someone that's yeah. kind of small and might be struggling over the weekend more than during the week so we thought it was a nice combination obviously that's a bit hard at the moment um but on hard, the flip yeah. side being online means we now sometimes have people joining from like different different cities in canada we we have regulars now joining from from la sometimes uh that's which, cool which is kind of cool too to have <laughs> a bit more uh people from all over the place but I'm still looking forward to to meet people. Uh, is that on Discord person. then, or how do you guys do that? Is that a Zoom call? It's usually Google Meet. We, we kind of rotated okay. through all the options. We had like <laughs> Jitsi, we used Zoom, we used uh, Google Meet. Okay. Like in the early days, they, they improved a lot. We, we tried a whole bunch of things. We wanted something where it's like you don't have to have an account, which makes it a bit hard Perfect. with Discord because we wanted <laughs> to have people to be able to join in from yeah. anywhere kind of as easy as possible. Right? It, it's kind of weird with even with a meetup in person. If you would, the more requirements you add, the more likely people hesitate and are like, I don't know, Discord, I've never used it. I don't want to look silly. So we wanted something that's like known enough that like that's Jitsi was a similar problem where people are like, I don't really know Jitsi and it's like which mm-hmm. browser to use and then they used the <laughs> wrong one and then it kind of didn't work well. So we wanted something that's fairly like most people know of google um (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) and and google doesn't charge us zoom Zoom did charge us so we try to also keep our cost uh as close to zero as we could and google meet was just a free option it seemed to Mm. work fairly well i Um, think i'm actually home this sunday so i might be able to pop on for a bit yeah please do cool
Should we try to wrap Should up? We, again? Yeah, let's try it. So, which topic yeah, yeah, do we two. pick to wrap up this time? <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks again. Uh, it was great. Thank you, guys. It's been fun. <laughs> mm, looking forward to uh, uh, using Fastlane in, in with all the new APIs. <laughs> I am too. I am too. <laughs>